0: On front page with me this morning is KK Tan, corporate and political analyst. And the first headline we're looking at is the Malaysian Trades Union Congress, MTUC, uh, seeking labor reforms, including a 300 gig cost of living allowance, housing allowances, as well as 30 days of paid leave for Muslim workers to perform the Hajj. They're also proposing 98 days ninety-eight days of maternity leave and seven days of paternity leave on top of various other long over, um, overdue comprehensive um, overhauls of various labour laws. KK, what are the key reforms that should be considered a high priority in this um, list?
1: I agree with the trade union called it. Uh, a reform is overdue, basically to improve the system. Uh, I think the reform we are looking at are in two areas: one is welfare base and compassionate base, and the other one is monetary benefits. As far as welfare base is concerned, uh, I have no problem you know in terms of getting longer maternity leave and in terms of uh, uh, improving the quality or the welfare in the workplace mm-hmm. is not a problem. I think we should do because a healthier and a happy employee is also a more productive employee. Right. But I think when it comes to monetary benefit, we need to be careful there. We don't want to outprice ourselves. Mm-hmm. We have to be competitive. Because if, you, um, if it's not productivity-based or performance-based you start, you know- uh,
0: You'll be getting a lot of deadwood, basically.
1: employees, yeah. The problem you're gonna get is that the company is gonna go bankrupt. Yeah, Mm -hmm. then it defeat the overall purpose, and you know the company will close down, and employees will suffer too. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we need to strike the kind of balance, Okay, taking the right approach has to be. Uh, uh, compassionate and welfare-driven. same time, when it comes to monetary benefits, we have to be careful and mindful that we are competing all with right. the rest of the world.
0: Are there any additional reforms that haven't been named or included in this list?
1: I mean, this list includes some interesting things like paternity leaves and other things, you know, uh, giving leave for Muslims. I'm not against all that. I think mm-hmm. those are not crucial. I think one has to take the basis of it, look at it again, the big picture, you know, what should we focus on. Right. And it's definitely good to focus on the well-being and the health and happiness of employees in the workplace, but just be a bit careful when it comes mm. to monitoring. Will these
0: will these reforms only affect the public sector? Will it affect the private as well? I think it's targeted
1: at the private sector, as far well as I understand. That's why the trade union is involved ah. because the NTUC won't get involved in the, the the public sector unions, CUBEX. Uh, they are not saying anything about it.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, when we come back, we'll take a look at the new airport proposals for Penang. Apparently, um, even the state government is a little bit... apparently um, no one knows very much about it. We've got that story up next here on Light. On front page with me this morning is KK Tan corporate and political analyst in 2010 researchers from the University of Malaya's Center of Addiction Sciences took a bold step to run a methadone treatment clinic for heroin addicts from the Al Rahman Mosque in Lembah Pantai and two years later this project has drawn worldwide attention not so much for its success in reducing addiction but because it was the first methadone program to operate from a mosque. So this was no small feat. Um, later this month, three mosques in Penang are set to run, according to Permatangpao MP Nurul Iza Anwar, what will be the world's first opiate addiction treatment clinics to use um, naltrexone, a new drug to treat various types of this addiction next to methadone. Uh, KK, how will drug rehab at these centers differ from existing ones? Do
1: you know? Well, it seems we're taking a new approach, but I think it's more important to understand the significance of this new approach. I mean, there's been an ongoing debate about how do you deal with drug addicts, you know, uh, and this has been going on for a long time. And we have to look at the, again, the bigger picture. I'm fully in favor of any kind of treatment that brings back the results, take a more compassionate approach, help to remove this stigma on these drug addicts, so they will come out in the open to seek help. Mm-hmm. I think for too long, the society has been taking a very negative attitude to helping these drug addicts, and it's not, it doesn't produce a result. This is why I'm fully in favor of this new approach, which is what uh, my friend, uh, Professor Dr. Adiba Kamuruzaman, the, the, the first women dean of the Faculty of Medicine University of Malaya, and also the chairman of Malaysian AIDS Council has been putting a lot of effort into this. We need to really change the outlook and our culture on how we should treat drug addicts, taking a more understanding and compassionate approach. We must first ask ourselves this question. Why do these people resort to drug abuse? You will find that it is a social problem at the end of it. You have to identify the root cause. I know many people say we're not interested, we just want to trade it. We have to identify your root cost. Many of them come from broken families. Some of them could have, have learning difficulties, the frustration in them. Uh, some come from very poor background. So we need to understand what are the factors that make them resort to drug dependency. And from there, we have to take a more compassionate understanding. I'm not against discipline, but I think the, the penalty-based approach in the past the criminalizing approach in the past has not really worked very well. And you can see, you said something very important earlier, it's shown results, this mm-hmm. new approach. Anything that shows good results must be supported. We have to take refreshing, uh, innovative approach to solve this problem.
0: When we come back, we'll take a look at the Home Ministry um, in the midst of formulating holistic enforcement plans against illegal immigrants. That story is up next here on Light. On front page with me this morning is Kiki Tan, corporate and political analyst. And the Home Ministry is in the midst of formulating a holistic enforcement plan against illegal immigrants as a more comprehensive effort towards strengthening governance and improving the existing enforcement operation system. Minister Tan Sri Muhyiddin Yassin said the plan was aimed at addressing the influx into the country and would involve a strategic cooperation between many relevant ministries and agendas. KK, what is the main purpose of formulating a more effective system? Is the current system not adequate? and uh, is it, or, or is it the lack of enforcement?
1: Again, we have to look back and understand that the current problem is really a legacy of the past. For mm-hmm. too long, we've been sweeping under the carpet this issue of the high number of illegal immigrants, which I think, again, you have to understand what are the main causes. The main causes is supply and demand. Our country has huge demand for foreign workers. And secondly, because of the porous, very porous borders we have all around us, North and South, and East Malaysia too. And thirdly, it's also because of the integrity issue on the enforcement agency, you know, plus very well oil, human trafficking syndicates. Which are very, very efficient in bringing in a lot of foreign work, illegal foreign workers. Now, I, while I support all this good effort to try and uh, weed out or enforce the illegal immigrants issue, we also must be careful not to create a kind of sense of xenophobia. Yeah. Lump, the tendency this is human, this is so called human character, it's a weakness of the human character. The important thing is not to lump all foreign workers together including the good ones we had to be very grateful as the prime minister uh, gave his speech on the raya uh, recently he said that our country owed it a lot to the foreign workers for its development
0: yeah
1: in the plantations in the construction sector uh who in- built the KLIA and the airports and all this uh in in plantation in the in the hospitality services sector and also with the domestic worker sector, which releases a lot of women, you know, to be able to be productive and go to work. I think we had to take a very understanding and fair and just approach when dealing with all foreign workers. I sense I've been a critic for a long time in this country that our own society, on own people has been very unfair in our treatment towards foreign workers. We take them for granted and we all look down on them and we also... Uh, lump the good ones with the bad ones, you know, the illegal workers. Yeah, yeah And a lot of illegal workers themselves are victims of these human syndicates.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, they all, what they expect them to do, they come from countries which are very poor, they're earning a living, yeah. yeah, to go to another country. Just how our forefathers, hundreds of years ago, came to Malaysia to earn a living. So that is the main motivating drive here, because... It's a question of supply and demand. There's a great demand for foreign workers because our own locals refuse to do their dirty jobs and their dangerous jobs. So again, you know, we have to take again a, 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 a more understanding and holistic approach with it. Fine, you know, by all means enforce it, improve improved efficiency,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but look at the bigger picture. And let's be fair to all of them. All right. Treat them, treat them with dignity and respect, even the illegal foreign workers, because many of them are victims themselves.
0: Yes, absolutely. When we come back, we'll take a look at TMJ's tweet that sparked controversy on social media. That one is up next here on Light. With me on front page this morning is KK Tan, corporate and political analyst. Now, a tweet by Tunku Makuta Johor uh, on the baju Melayu Teluk Blanga has sparked a controversy on social media on... Uh, In a social media posting on Hari Raya, he said only the Johor royalty was worthy of wearing a baju Melayu Teluk with black pants. I suppose, you know, we've all um, come across that story online. We all have strong feelings about it. But do you feel, KK, that netizens are kind of overreacting to this story?
1: There's a saying that half the problem in this world is caused by miscommunication. And I think this may be a case of it. I don't want to... Uh, make a stand here to be careful to show that I'm pro-royal or anti-royal, okay? Uh, I think both sides need to respect each other's position better. We live in the free world, in the modern civilized society. I believe that everyone has a right to wear what they like as long as it's not offensive to others. Uh, But on this point, I think, I personally believe that it is a case of miscommunication. Sometimes when someone says something, when you make a very clear, sweeping statement, you don't qualify it. You don't specify clearly Now, mm-hmm. And when someone comes says, oh, I thought you meant this. He said, no, 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 I meant this. So I think it's important in this day and age in the social media where any statement can be spiraled out of control. For any party, making any statement which may be deemed sensitive, to be very, very careful what right. you say. Mm-hmm. But don't say something now and then say, sorry, you mis- i mean, misunderstood. Make it clear from the very beginning. Because, you know, human nature is that we tend to interpret things the way we like. And I think a lot of issues can be, a lot of confusion or friction or misunderstanding can be avoided. If all sides take care Mm -hmm. in stating clearly what they say. Right. It's all say on that.
0: I mean, social media also, it allows just about anyone to say anything behind a screen. And that just you know, creates an even bigger problem, doesn't it?
1: That's why the issue of false news comes along, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, you create all kinds of problems. I mean, as I said many times before, the social media is a double-edged
0: sword.
1: It's good and bad on it. So it allows people to spread lies too, spread rumors. Yeah. You stick it, people based on race and religion. Insight, but it's also a very good platform to spread the truth, to to, to demand greater transparency, openness, and and also uh, enforce the freedom of speech. So one has to strike that kind of balance. Là. All
0: right. Well, KK, thank you so much for joining us this morning on Front Page and for giving us your thoughts on all these headlines. Coming up in the next hour, I'll be playing you your relaxing favorite requests. So do send those into to me via our DG line at 016-510-8888 next here on Light.